It's a two-bell Tuesday. We got more mock drafts than we know what to do with. We got Will Brinson with one on CBS Sports that is only to troll people, which I love, and might wind up being more accurate, actually, than Mel Kuyper's draft, which is serious, way too serious, and way too wrong. It's just excellent. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson plus Odell Beckham Jr. means that two very expensive guys for the Ravens are going to be on the shelf for a significant portion of the season this year. I don't understand what the Ravens are doing, but God bless. Somebody has got to suck and make bad decisions in the AFC. This year, it's the Ravens. The Colts have neither made a bad decision nor a good one. And that's a problem with the Colts, because unless you take a chance on making a bad decision, you're never going to make a good one. The Colts, they are at a crossroads. They have to figure stuff out, and the career of Chris Ballard hangs in the balance. We're going to talk about that. Would Jim Irsay fire Chris Ballard on draft night 16 nights from tonight if he takes Will Anderson with the fourth overall pick? You know, Will Brinson mentioned the uh, the possibility. Hey, who knows? You know, I would have guessed before last year there's no chance that Jim Irsay was going to fire a head coach midseason because he had seen how ruinous the effects of doing that can be for a franchise when his dad was the owner and he was the GM. But you know what? Sometimes you fail to learn. And, and Jim Irsay seemed to fail to learn in that situation. The difference with the Colts' this draft, and this is kind of serious, is that Frank Reich's no longer here. Shane Steichen is. Chris Ballard likes to build a consensus. And uh, Shane Steichen, as a part of that consensus build, first of all, I think consensus building is for uh, weak managers, to tell you the truth. I think you listen, you use your employees as a tool, and then you make the call and you stand with it one way or another. You don't rely on your, your coach or your scouts or Ed Dodds and Morocco Brown to inform and consent, right? So I, I think that that's a mistake, but we'll, we'll figure all that out. PR film says if Colts get jumped, why not draft back and get Hooker? Why not one more failed early pick for Ballard if he doesn't pan, if it doesn't pan out? Okay. Uh, I'll tell you why, and then we'll get into all the other foo for Um Because trading back to get Hendon Hooker presupposes that you know where he's going to fall, and you don't. If you trade back to 22 and he goes to 20, you got a real problem, and that problem is an absolute vacancy at the starting quarterback position. So trading back for Hooker is not the strategy I would employ. What I would do is if he's your guy, I take him as your guy. You take him at four. We, we did it two big brains earlier today, and Dan reinforced that. Said, you know, you figure out who your guy is, and you use your pick to get him. You don't get clever with it. Remember what the Colts did, and Bill Polian was the guy who did this. In 1999, they had the fourth overall pick, and they probably could have traded back to seven and still gotten Edger and James. But Pullian was like, nah, this is our guy. So they took him at four. He went to the Hall of Fame. Both Pullian and Hedge went to the Hall of Fame. All right, Mike Woodson had knee surgery. You know what? And that underscores, and we'll talk about it a little bit, that underscores 
what athletes, elite level athletes, the price that they pay moving ahead in life. That's everyone's forgetting we have our starter in Minshew. Nah, I don't think people are forgetting that. Because <laughs> that's not the case. Nobody signs Gardner Minshew to be their starter. That's not what you do. You think that he's going to be the guy? He's going to be the guy that ends this seemingly endless stream of of quarterbacks one after another after another. You had Tolzien, and then you had Luck, and then you had Brissett, and then, uh, you know, Joshua, thank you very much. I appreciate that that donation. Um, you have all of these guys year after year after year, Rivers, Wentz, Ryan, now somebody else. You think it's going to be Minshew? Who, who winds up being a two-year starter? No, that is not. It's a people champion, like people champion quarterbacks for the damnedest reasons. I just get the biggest bang out of it. I don't understand what's going through people's minds. We got people in the comments section who are, are just banging the drum for, for uh, uh, Will Levis. Like, Will Levis is the end-all, be-all of quarterbacks, and I'm not sure they ever saw him play a live down for the University of Kentucky. If they did, I don't believe that they would see him as the savior of the franchise. All right, um, we didn't talk about it this morning because I don't think it's really that big a deal. Kalel Ware is coming to Indiana. He's seven feet tall. He's a McDonald's All-American. He averaged... Less than seven points a game, less than five rebounds a game, and less than two blocks a game. I don't, like, this guy's got a long way to go in his development up here and in his body. And for some reason, either Oregon or he didn't believe that they were in the right situation. And I wonder why that is. Did he just enjoy being recruited more than he enjoys going to work? Or maybe Oregon just said, "Beh, you know. We've had enough of this guy. Or maybe he just decided Oregon's too far away from Little Rock, Arkansas, where he's from. And he needs to go someplace that's a little bit more familiar. Maybe Bloomington was it. I don't know. We're going to find out. And I hope that it's just a change of scenery or that it's money. That's certainly, you know, understandable. The NIL at Indiana is pretty – the pockets are deep. But you know what? Phil, Phil Knight's pockets – in Eugene, Oregon. Those are real deep, too. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how he does. We're not going to get all excited. We're not going to order uh, a bolt of red fabric and white lettering to print a sixth banner. We're not going to do that yet because we don't know what this kid is. Um, and that's important. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Let's talk about him for just a second. He's played 96 games in nine years. That's an average of 10.7, actually 10 and two-thirds games per year. The last two years, Lamar Jackson. So that nobody expects him to maintain his health at the age of 30. The Ravens sign him for $15 million because they want to keep Lamar Jackson. But in keeping Lamar Jackson, that's a guy who's played 11 games in each of the last two seasons. So you got a guy who over his entire career has averaged nearly 11 games a season, plus a guy who has played exactly 11 games a season the last two years. This is what's going to get you to a Super Bowl. God bless the Ravens. Um, Mike Woodson, you know, the knee surgery, I hope he gets better soon. Elite-level athletes, they never stop paying. Like you, when you wear down your body, 
as elite athletes do. The surgeries just keep coming. Mike Woodson hadn't played professional basketball in 30 years, more than 30 years. He's still dealing with the aches and the pains. And you talk to guys in the NFL, they still, like, there's no healing. You don't heal knees. You know what I mean? You have surgery on them to repair and clean and all that stuff. All right, let's talk about the mock drafts. Uh, Will Brinson did a mock draft that's a mock mock draft, and it's just, it, it was created to troll people, and I love that. Mel Kuyper created a mock draft that's way too serious and way wrong. I would be willing to bet you that the Will Brinson mock, mock draft is more accurate than the Mel Kuyper mock draft is going to be. Here is what Brinson says. Number one, Will Levis. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's what Reich's going to do. But if anybody was going to pick Will Levis, it would be Frank Reich. C.J. Stroud to Houston, Bryce Young to Arizona just to drive Cardinal fans crazy. That could wind up happening. Bryce Young could fall to three. But I think Carolina, when they traded up, they had their guy in mind. They knew who they were going to take. Number four, Brinson has the Colts taking Will Anderson because he thinks it would be entertaining to have Jimmer say fire Chris Ballard on the night of the first round of the draft. While that would be entertaining, I don't think it's going to wind up happening. In fact, nobody, Chris Ballard's not going to make a call without Jimmer say saying, you know, okay, Will Anderson would be a really interesting pick. This, and, and this kind of underscores another fact of life in this draft. We think we have an idea of who should take who when. You got 32 big brain guys, arrogant guys, hubristic guys with staffs to match who are going to choose different guys with different methodologies. The thing with a mock draft is that like Mel Kuyper is choosing what Mel Kuyper thinks should be. You know, or he's trying to presuppose what the GMs are thinking. You can't do that. It's, it's a fool's errand, right? He doesn't know. He presents interesting cases, and that's why, that's why he has been an employee of ESPN for the last 40 years. Because he's interesting. He's not right. He's just interesting. Interesting sells. Right? Who cares? If, if you're tedious but correct, ah, who wants to watch? But if you're interesting and a nut, people watch. They do it every day. Um, Kuiper's got Young at one, Stroud at two. Uh, Titans trading up to three to get Richardson. Uh, Levis falling to the Colts at four. Jalen Carter being taken fifth by the Seattle Seahawks. Bah! They're both nuts. It's not going to go down this way. I think Young's going to be the first overall pick. I don't know what Houston's going to do. And I sure as hell don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. I don't think the Cardinals sit at three. I think they trade back a couple, three spots, maybe to the Raiders. I don't... Trading back like eight spots with the Titans, that's a long way to fall. No matter what you get back, still a long way to fall to eleven. The Cardinals, they got some holes. Will Anderson would fit that team like a glove, right? 
Jalen Carter would be an interesting guy on that team. Fortunately for everybody involved, including the Colts who draft right behind him, the Cardinals have never been well managed, ever. So they may do the absolute stupid thing and draft a quarterback over the top of Kyler Murray. Who knows? Again, trying to presuppose what these GMs, in concert with their owners and their assistant GMs and their head coaches and their OCs and DCs, you got no idea what these cats are going to do. None. Here's the thing with Chris Ballard that I think is interesting. Chris Ballard is a consensus guy. He really respects the people around him in putting together the draft board. And then they go into draft night, and they got, I mean, this is like NASA, for God's sake. They got the flight control guy over here, and they got this guy over there, and the navigational guy there, and the IT guy there. They got everybody everywhere. They got all kinds of people all over the place. Chris Ballard needs to be a good listener as the board's created. And then on draft night, act. Be bold. Don't do the right thing. Do the thing that is going to be most likely to bring you a championship if it all pans out. If it's a 10-to-1 shot that you take this guy, this specific guy, and I think that's about it with Anthony Richardson. I don't think it's a likelihood he becomes the best quarterback in the NFL. I just think that he has the physical characteristics that might allow him to be the best quarterback in the NFL, and that's enough for me. I'm not looking for eight and a half on a scale of one to ten and eight and a half. That doesn't win you a championship. Nine and a half wins you a championship. Who's got the ceiling at nine and a half? Anthony Richardson does. Take him. If you lose, at least you went out swinging, right? You know what? The great Chris Duncan always said that his dad told him, his dad, Dave Duncan, one of the great pitching coaches of all time and a great catcher, during his uh, days with the Oakland Athletics, he said, swing hard in case he hit it. Chris Ballard, listen to Chris Duncan, listen to Dave Duncan, swing hard in case he hit it. That's the best way to be a GM and maybe no longer being forced to listen to Frank Reich, who I don't think, like uh, there's something wobbly about Frank Reich in that room that I didn't like in those Colts videos. I really, he always seemed fake happy. To me. I don't know why. I could be wrong. But I always thought he was fake happy. Woo! Don't give me like the woo guys. No. I what are you selling there? High fives. Woo! We got our guy, Ben Banigoo. You know what? At some point in the Colts locker room, if Ben Banigoo's still with the team, I think he might punch me. And I think he would, uh, there'd be a tough time putting together a jury who wouldn't think he was justified in doing it. <laughs> ben Banigou is like uh, my guy for crapping on periodically. And it's, I think it's fair. It's not personally fair, but I think given his track record of being easily blocked, uh, I think it is fair. Maybe Shane Steichen is the guy who can, like help Chris Ballard become the best GM that he can be. Maybe he's that guy. That's what we've got to hope for. Did I forget anything? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I hit it all. I did. Godspeed, uh, Mike Woodson, 65 years old or just about 65 years old, getting his knee operated on. That's not a lot of fun. 
The rehab won't be a lot of fun, but I don't really care. You're making a whole lot of money to go win Indiana basketball games, so go do that. Get back at it tomorrow or whenever the, uh, the recruiting period begins anew. I think it's this weekend. Get some of these guys in there. And let's go, let's go, you know, win championships for God's sake. Indiana fans are a little championship thirsty. It's been since 1987. That's a long time. Long, long time. Fix that. Do it immediately. Anyway, Chris Ballard, go with God, grow, grow a set of stones, and operate likewise.